Amen. Well, good afternoon. Yes, it's, it is a little bit weird, you know, uh, church in uh, 2 o'clock-ish. Uh, uh, but guys, I'm excited to be with you guys this afternoon. Uh, we're about uh, 45 minutes away from the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Um, and I can kind of imagine, you know, for the players that, that are playing right now, you know, I can only imagine the, the nerves, the thoughts that are going on through their minds. They're probably, you know, listening to whatever, getting into the zone. Um, but as I was preparing for uh, the lesson, I, I thought, you know, wouldn't it be cool to kind of be in that meeting right before the teams go out? Like, you know, the, the coaches getting ready to give, like, the, the pep talk, right, to, mm-hmm. to, to, gear, to go out there. I think of, you know, um, my, my, I say that with quotation marks, my career, my career in athletics. Um, uh, think back to, to, uh, to high school, right, you know, before basketball games, you know, um, sadly, you know, now, our coach wasn't the greatest at, at pep talks, um, and so I don't have, like, a lot of great inspirational talks, you know, to kind of draw on, but um, as I was preparing, I thought, man, what, what would, what would uh, Jesus say, you know, to, to kind of pep us up before the big game, right? And so I thought, you know, I, um, uh, I, I needed some encouragement this week. I needed a, a couple of pep talks, and so I thought it was, I just wanted to share what I learned this week. Um, and thought we can have like a, a nice little pep talk before the big game, obviously, and, and, and you know the big game of life, uh, as we, as we, uh, so to speak. Um, so I thought I'd share with you, uh, you know, some inspiration that I got from the scriptures. Is that okay? Yeah. Um, one of my favorite uh, television shows uh, is uh, Friday Night Lights. I don't know if for those that have seen the show or seen the movie, um, I love Friday Night Lights. It's, uh, I, I, I never played football in my life. Um, they, they, my, my, my friends and uh, coaches out in the school wanted me to play, but um, I never played Pee Wee or you know, Pop Warner or anything like that. So I, didn't, I, I was aware, very aware in high school that I didn't know how to take a hit. Right, like, I feel like you gotta learn how to take a, a hit. Like you know, um, it's not as simple as you know when you're high school you just go out and throw the pads on. Like I wasn't, you know, I'm not, I wasn't this big guy, I was super scrawny in, in high school. And so I'm like, no, I'm not gonna play football. I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna literally like the first, the first time I get hit, they're gonna carry me off on the on the stretcher. Um, but Friday Night Lights, I always felt like I can live vicariously through that show. Um, it's about you know high school football in Texas. And I know James, you know, he, he, he can tell you all about um, uh, high school football uh, in Texas. But um, it's full of drama, of course, you know. Um, but they, the coach had this saying that, that, they, that they would say. And it always fired me up whenever I hear it. He, he would say, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. And, um, you know, he'd say, clear eyes, full hearts, and then the team would say, can't lose, and yell before the game. Um, and so I thought that would be the title of my lesson, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. And um, the cool thing about it is that, you know, the Bible actually talks about that, you know, that mantra. Um, yeah. So turn with me, if you will, to Revelation chapter 3. Um, I want to give us a little, a little pep talk. And coincidentally, um, although you may, you'll see what I'm talking about, it may not feel or seem like it when we read it, but uh, God through the, the, the uh, angel is, is trying to give a pep talk to the church here. And I believe the same talk he's giving to the church here in the Bible he's giving right. to us today. In uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 14, let's take a look at this pep talk. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 14, the Bible reads, To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, 
These are the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold, nor cold nor hot, sorry. I wish you were either one or the other. So, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Now, when I read this, I'm like, man, that does not seem like a pet talk, man. That's, that's, you know, scathing. Yeah, it reminds me of, you know, the, the, the talks I had with the coach of the basketball team when we were losing, when we were down at the half. You know, again, <laughs> dang, our coach is not good at pep talks. So we, we, we were down at the half. We, we, we didn't feel great about ourselves. Um, man, we made the playoffs, too. I don't know how that happened. Um, maybe there was some method to his madness. But here we see the, the angels writing, hey, I know your Jesus said, you guys are lukewarm. There's something wrong with what you're doing. And, and I don't know about you, you know, he says you guys are lukewarm, neither hot or cold. And I don't know about you, it, clearly we can see how God feels about being lukewarm, right? He says, I'd rather you be hot or cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. And, you know, we can see that God hates lukewarmness. But when you think about it, there's not a lot of people that like lukewarm things. Yeah. Right? You know, lukewarm tap water, just thinking about it. I'm like, like, <laughs> I imagine if we go and get, uh, we're going to have a great feast after uh, this uh, service day, man. But I imagine if we go and eat something that's supposed to be hot and it's like lukewarm, like you, it's not, it's, it gives you like a little chill up your, up your spine, right? So we can relate. We, we don't like lukewarm things. Like it's not, it's no good. You don't put things in the microwave to heat it up and, and, and it gets, comes out lukewarm. You're not fired up about it. Um, but here, God hates being lukewarm. Right. But the question is, like, do you hate lukewarmness? Is that something that, that sends chills up your spine when you think about, hey, I'm being lukewarm in my relationship with God? Is that, is that your response? You hear the angels trying to get it across to this church. But the, the cool thing is, is that, you know, while we're reading this, you can kind of say, hey, man, that's kind of discouraging. Here, the, the, the angel gives the, the answer to what's ailing right. this church. And now, Revelation 3, 7, 17, it says you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Mm -hmm. In verse 18, he says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and style to put on your eyes so you can see. Now, one thing that, that, that's important to note about the, the, the cure that the angel gives um, is that all of these things that he lists are things that they have to purchase. Right. There's nothing free about it. He says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refining the fire so you can become rich. What, buy white clothes so you can wear, right? Because they're naked. You need to buy clothes that you can wear. Uh, and you cover their uh, nakedness. And salve to put on your eyes so you can see because they're blind. All these things that he lists that, that are going to help them not become, uh, to get out of their lukewarmness are things that they have to purchase, that, that cost something. And for us, if, if we're feeling lukewarm or if we don't want to be lukewarm in our Christianity, we need to understand that to avoid this, it's going to cost us something. Yes. Right. It's going to cost us something to avoid the situation that this church found themselves in. Right. The question, are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to pay the price of what it's going to take to avoid being lukewarm? And let's keep it real. Maybe you're lukewarm right now. Are you willing to pay the price to get out of lukewarmness? And we see, you know, gold refined from the fire. We, we see from 1 Peter uh, 
First Peter 1, uh, verse 7, and that's faith, right? Gold refined and fire, mm-hmm. that's faith. Yeah. It says you got you to gotta buy faith, right? You got to pay the price to get faith. Mm-hmm. And when I was reading this, I'm like, man, you know, because like I said, I needed a pep talk this week. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, you know what? Man, I got to, it's not as easy as just saying, hey, Lord, I, I need faith. You know, he said, no, you got to buy it from me. Yeah. What are you going to give up? What are you willing to sacrifice to get faith? And for me, that means, hey, I got to step out on faith. I, I have to, to, to sacrifice maybe my, my uh, comfort. Maybe, you know, I got to sacrifice some time, right? Some time in the morning on my knees in prayer so that I can get faith. Mm-hmm. How about you? What are you willing to sacrifice so that you can have more faith? Nice. What are you willing to give up? What are you going to pay so that you can have gold refined from the fire? And then he says, you know, white clothes that are for you to wear. And so I was doing some, some uh, studying on Laodicea, and I thought it interesting, you know, you know, buy white clothes. You know, white represents purity. Um, but Laodicea was known to have uh, amazing fabrics. And more specifically, there was a, a particular piece of fabric that they were well known for. Um, there was a lot of black sheep in the area. And so they were known for having the best black wool. Uh, 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 in the region. And so I imagine if you go to this city and you see people just rocking black fur, black wool, <laughs> running around, you know, feeling pretty good about themselves. Because think about it, not only do they have, you know, this, uh, the, this black clothing in abundance, but I'm pretty sure other people are, are buying it from them too. They're pretty wealthy. That's why uh, the Bible says you, don't, you, not, you do not realize that you're um, uh, pitiful, uh, blind, and naked. He even says, he says, I require wealth and do not need a thing. These people were, were thought that they they had it all. They're like, hey, you know, yep. we're in the finest of, of black linen. <laughs> we got people buying from us. But the angel says, no, you need to get rid of that stuff and buy white wool. You need to buy what's, uh, what's, uh, what you really need. And the way I took that is, you know, there's things that, that we think that, that we have, whether material or, or immaterial. Maybe it's characteristics that, that make us feel like we, we're okay. Yeah, that we yeah. don't really need God the way that other people may need. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we may be walking around thinking, hey, I, I'm, I got it made. You know, I, 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 have the, I have the black wool on spiritually. And don't realize that, hey, no, you're in fact naked. Because yeah. the reason why you're naked, you realize that you don't need God, right? Yeah. He says, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. That's how this church was walking around living. Again, what are you willing to, uh, to, to sacrifice, to pay, to, to buy white wool that you can wear? And then it says salve to put on your eyes. And that leads into my first point, which is, uh, you know, I, I wanted to name it a kind of funny title. I was just call it 2020 Vision for the first point. Uh, I do not have 2020 Vision, obviously. Um, but here it says salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Um, and when I was reading this, I was like, you know, I don't know if you guys read this. Satan is attacking uh, a church here in Seattle. As yes. a church, he, he's, he's out and about uh, all over the world. But I don't know if you felt it. Satan's been attacked this week. Yes. yes. And I asked myself, do I see what's going on? Do I see what Satan is doing, what, what, uh, what he's doing to the church, the way he's attacking? Do I, do I see what's going on? Because a lot of times, you know, we, we, we don't see. We, we don't see what, what's going on around us. You know, we sit around and wonder, hey, why is this happening? Why is this happening? We don't fully see what's going on. Um, we don't understand the purpose, what, what God's will is, and we don't understand uh, and can't see what Satan is doing. Uh, we don't know what's clouding our judgment, clouding our vision. Um, I had a great discussion with my father this past weekend, and I realized that there's just a lot of things that, that uh, I needed to make sure I had got out of my heart. You know, I've shared plenty of times about 
my upbringing and, and you know dealing with you know sexual abuse going up. And I just wanted, I just felt like there's some, there's, Satan was trying to use that to kind of bring up, you know, to harden my heart. And so I had a conversation with my dad, and, you know, we had talked about this in the past and moved on, but I wanted to make sure that, that Satan didn't use that to, to harden my heart again, you know. Because um, sometimes we can feel like we, we've overcome something and that we don't need to deal with it anymore. And so I had a great conversation with him and, and just, you know, um, Hearing his heart about, you know, things that he had gone through, you know, being a, a teenage uh, uh, parent. Um, and it was great to be able to have that conversation. Um, but I wouldn't have that conversation if I hadn't stopped and one read the scripture and said, hey, I need to make sure I understand what Satan is trying to do. Awesome. Right now. Yeah. I, I, he's trying to get me to, to look at my past um, and not really make sure that I'm dealing with it. And same thing for us in this room. Are there things that, that in your past that you haven't dealt with? Maybe, maybe you've dealt with it, but you need to, it's, it's tugging at your heart. And you guys know what I'm talking about. Awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean. Um, we need to have sour. We need to put sour on our so we see what's going on. Yes. Um, turn me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This is awesome, Dave. Do you see what's going on? And 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 4, Paul is writing to the church and trying to encourage them to, uh, to see as well. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, so that they cannot see the light of a gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ, as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, Let the light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. And the reason I share the scripture is that it, Paul clearly says that, hey, you guys, to, to the church, you guys are Christians. You are disciples. You have Jesus. The unbelievers don't have Jesus. They do not see. They don't see what's going on because they don't have Jesus. And I had to ask myself, do I see, do I, do I realize that Jesus is with me, that I have Jesus? Because when we fail to realize that, that, that truth, we become unbelievers. It's yeah. unbelievers that don't have Jesus, that don't see the answers that, that, that the Bible lays out that God has for them. Paul said, hey, you know, it's the unbelievers that, that don't see, that don't understand. Are you an unbeliever? And the, another point is God grants us vision. It's only with God that, that we can have that, that 2020 vision, that, that we can see what's going on by spending time in the Word so that he can show us, right? By yeah. being on our knees in prayer. Yeah. Uh, I want to encourage you guys to restore your vision. If maybe you're not seeing well, you know, spiritually, you're not sure what's going on, you're not sure what God is doing in your life, to restore your vision. Get, but again, you got to purchase the salve that, that's going to go in God. you got to sacrifice the time, sacrifice yeah. the insecurity, you sacrifice your own wants to make sure that you have 2020 vision. Amen? Yes. Amen. And second, you know, we have to have uh, we have to have full hearts, like it says in the in the um, in the title. Um, I don't, I'm not a medical expert. Uh, please correct me if I get this wrong. I uh, I read that you know when you when you get your heart checked, you get, you get a CT scan. Am I right? No. Those, yeah. you know, cat cat scan, not a CT no. scan. No, not an echo. Yeah. yeah. Not there. <laughs> What's the official term? For, if I need to get my heart checked, EKG. Yeah. Amen. Or echo. Echo. Google, Google failed me. There you go. I'm blaming on them. But, uh, <laughs> here he says, you know, we got to have full hearts. Um, 
Jesus knows our hearts, guys, and we know that, right? That's, not, yeah. that's nothing new. Um, but the question is, what is in your heart tonight? What is in your heart tonight? I mean, it's like afternoon, I'm sorry, not, it's not evening. Um, a, lot of, a lot of times, it's actually turning me to John chapter 2. We have four hearts. John chapter 2. Jesus gives a great, you know, insight into how he sees us when it comes to the matters of the heart. In John chapter 2, verse 23, says, Now while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them. For he knew all people. He did not need any testimony about mankind. For he knew what was in each person's heart. And the, the cool thing about the scripture is that obviously we, we read Jesus knows, we, we hear Jesus knows what's in our heart and we can understand that. But I think for us, we've got to realize what's going on at this time. Uh, Jesus, you know, up until he was on the cross, was pretty popular. There's a lot of folks coming around to, to see, you know, hear what he had to say, what he's going to preach about, to see miracles. Um, there's tons of people that came just to, just to see what was going on, to, just to see for themselves. And Jesus, you know, he was all about, you know, thin, making sure that he thinned the crowd, that those that were truly there were, were fully committed, right? Yeah. We're, we're, we're not there just for the show, for the spectacle. And this scripture kind of hints at that. Um, and it's the same nowadays. Jesus doesn't want Christians that are just here just to, to, for the name, to, to, uh, for the association. He wants people that are fully committed to him. Mm-hmm. He knows what's in our heart. He wants to make sure that our hearts are fully committed to him. And you don't have to turn there. In Proverbs 23, verse 26, the Bible says, My son, give me your heart and let your eyes delight in my ways. God wants our hearts. He's the one who wants us to give him our hearts so that we can be fully committed to him. Um, but what is in our hearts? Um, and there's a lot of things that, that can pollute our heart, guys. You know, obviously sin, you know, insecurities. Um, bitterness, there's a lot of things that can damage and, and, and harden your heart. Yeah. And if those things are, are, are true for you this morning, I want to strongly encourage you, you know, get that stuff out. Get the junk, get the junk out of your heart mm-hmm. so that it can be fully committed to God. We have to have full hearts. Yeah. And uh, finally, you know, I'd imagine, you know, I, you know, the Super Bowl today, you know, the, uh, the team who must not be named. Don't uh, know who, who who they are. You know, there there was a year when um, that team was was uh, undefeated, uh, heading into the Super Bowl, and you know had the odds were highly in their favor to 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 win, and, and they got beat by the New York Giants. And I remember you know it being this huge huge upset, and how many people there's some a lot of people wanted them to win. You know that maybe weren't fans. They just wanted to see history made. Um, and there's some that were actively, excuse me, actively rooting against them. Some who may be in this room. Um, <laughs> but you know, the, I, I I see every year whenever someone starts off undefeated in football, you know, every, there's that countdown. You know, are they going to make it the whole way? Right? That that the, I think it's the '72 Dolphins yeah. um, that went undefeated. You know, the, the, that the, those that are still alive on that team, you know, they have like a champagne uh, toast whenever the last undefeated team loses. Because their, their record is intact. Um, but so much is built up on being undefeated, right? So much, you know, importance is laid on it. 
And I thought about us as the disciples, as Christians, followers of Christ, that that um, with God, we're undefeated. Yeah. With, with God, we have victory. Mm-hmm. With God, we can't lose. Um, and I say that, but how many of us truly understand that? How, much, how many of us here truly believe that with God, we are undefeated? Turn with me to Psalms chapter 60. We close on. I want to read, uh, you know, you know uh, a psalm. In Psalm 60. It's great, David. It's one of, if you really want you to, to pay attention to, to what, uh, what is being said. In Psalm 60, verse 1, it says, You have rejected us, O God, and burst forth upon us. You have been angry, now restore us. You have shaken the land and torn it open, mended its fractures, for it is quaking. You have shown your people desperate times. You have given us wine that makes us stagger. But for those who fear you, you have raised the banner. To be unfurred against the bow, save us and help us with your right hand, that those you love may be delivered. God has spoken from his sanctuary. In triumph, I will parcel out Shechem and measures of the valley of Succoth. Gilead is mine, and Manasseh is mine. Ephraim is my helmet, Judah my scepter, Moab my wash basin. Upon Edom, I, uh, I toss my sandal over Philistia. I shout in triumph. Who will bring me to the fortified city? Who will lead me to Edom? Is it not you, O God, you who have rejected us? And no longer go out with our enemies, with the armies. Give us aid against the enemy, for the help of man is worthless. With God we will gain the victory, and he will trample down our enemies. And the cool thing about the scripture is very, very, um, the writer clearly understands that with, without God, we, we are nothing. Without God, we, are, we, we take, the, take the L. We take the loss. But with God, we have victory. Um, but do we truly understand that? That if we're if uh, if we're fighting a battle that with God we cannot lose. Mm-hmm. What situation are you going on uh, that's going on in your life that you lack faith in? That you realize that with God you have victory in that situation. That with God you have victory. You know, um, I shared with that the men's uh, uh, midweek a few weeks back about you know the contra- uh, at my current well previous job, uh, the contract ran out. So at the end of January, I was no, I'm no longer working at the nonprofit that I was working at. Mm-hmm. And you know, I remember you know, my boss, he, we met for, uh, when she broke the news, she, we met at a coffee shop and she was sharing with me, you know, she started tearing up before she even said anything. And I was like, oh, I kind of, I didn't have, I didn't know what she was going to say, but I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. Like, <laughs> and so she was like, yeah, you know, um, we don't have funding for your position, basically. And um, I, I, I don't know if she was expecting me to, like, you know, show, you know, that I was sad. Or, I don't know what she was expecting, but I just said, hey, you know, it's right. You know, God's delivered in the past. He's going to do so again. And she started bawling even more. <laughs> and I was like, and, uh, and I think she, she, cause she, she felt bad, you know, because she, she knows that I have family. And so she's thinking, you know, from a, from a different perspective. But me, when she said that, I'm thinking about when I moved up to Seattle, 
and didn't have we didn't have a place, didn't have a job, and God provided. Yeah. I thought of countless other times when um, I applied for work and didn't know how it was going to turn out, and God provided. Amen. Yeah. All those things I, I thought about as as she was breaking the news, and I'm like, why why start doubting God now? Right. Amen. That's right. Awesome. But. We, I'm sure we can all go and share different stories about when God has brought us through some pretty dark yes. times, yeah. right? But isn't it funny? This how we stop. We we stop thinking that God is going to deliver us when another challenge comes our way. We forget about the times that God has brought us through. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, Lord willing, I I feel pretty confident that that um, that not stressing about work again. Mm-hmm. I have to be in a pretty dark place to stress about you know what I'm going to do for work. God has shown himself, you know, to be uh, faithful too many times for me to start yeah. down. Yeah. And it's what, what we need to realize, guys, this morning, this afternoon. God, with God, we have victory. Amen. With God, we don't lose. Mm-hmm. And so if there's a situation where you're feeling doubtless, where you're feeling, hey, God, how can God, how is this going to work out? Think about the times when God has given you victory. Mm-hmm. Yes. And realize, why would he stop now? Why would God stop stop being faithful, right? We know the Bible too. God God is faithful. Yeah. He will show Himself to be faithful. Yeah. With God, we have victory. Um, he's given me too many examples, and so it is. It, it was an awkward. Uh, it was an awkward meeting after that, um, and then an awkward. I had two more weeks of work after that, and and it's, it was kind of funny. You know, God allowed me. You know, cause I, I was still working. Um, not only that, you know, they they. I was up for a raise for um, uh, so I've been there for a year. Not only they gave me, still they allowed me to work two two more weeks I, I, at the rate that I was gonna get, um, and I didn't have to work full time. They said, "Hey, you can work as many hours, few or more as you want, but we're gonna pay you as if you're working full time." Um, and I was like, "Of course, like that's what God does, right? <laughs> like He takes care, He takes care of it." He's given me too many too many examples. So it was a great opportunity for me to share my faith while I was there and, and to show that, you know, God gives us victory. Uh, there's a quote that I want to read you guys from Bill Johnson. Uh, it says, it is abnormal for a Christian not to have an appetite for the impossible. It has been written into our spiritual DNA to hunger for the impossibilities around us to bow at the name of Jesus. <laughs> and I love this quote because, yeah, like, man. We, we need to, to crave challenges to come our way. We need to crave the impossible to be done in our lives. Because with God, we have victory. Right? Why, why should we think <laughs> otherwise? So challenge, will, will, will we run from pain when pain comes our way? Will we run from challenges? Or will we face them with the mantra of clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose? So I'm going to say, you know, join with me in a, in a little chant. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. One more louder. Clear eyes.